more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. A new world order, a new world order. I want the truth! But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Good morning. March. Is it? April. <laughs> April Fools. April 6th. 2022. And I'm Tom Richardson, your host on the Removing Confusion podcast. In what seems to be one of the most confusing worlds. <clears throat> uh, let me rephrase that. One of the most confusing eras of time that uh, we find ourselves in. It is really difficult to parse out, figure out, fight your way through the, the total confusion. Because things, again, are flying at us left and right. And, and we just... You know how do you catch it? You know it's like being in, in the in the in in uh, left field, and you've got eight of the best batters it, up there, and they're pitching it, and the balls are just flying. You're trying to catch them all without getting smacked in the face. That's a baseball analogy. It's baseball season. <clears throat> if they play, I guess I don't know, but uh, here we are. What do we do? You know, what What do us low-level human beings as the elites probably look at us, and I know they do, they look at us like we're, we're, uh, we're cannon fodder for their many, many wars, that we are their, their, their uh, constituents in their stupid uh, elections one after another. What do we do? I'm telling you. It's really difficult. You know, it's really difficult to sit back and try to figure out just how does normal, average American men and women stand up to the tyranny that we see coming our way. And if you don't see it, it's because you're blind. And you've been blinded. I've used the uh, biblical reference, and and forgive me for not having it right in front of me. It's in, I believe, 1 Corinthians 5. Their minds were blinded. That's the ones who don't know Christ, the ones who don't know their way around the Bible, uh, as as you can tell, did, maybe Tom doesn't either because he doesn't remember which which chapter he read that out of. Uh, was it first or was it Second Corinthians? What do we do? How do we how do we parse that out? Well, you know, we're confident that it's there. <laughs> oh goodness gracious, folks! If you can't have a laugh on your host, then what can you do? But anyway, you you get what I'm saying. If you don't see for some reason, if you you, know, you don't have to be a a purveyor of every news article that comes across because you you can't do it. There's there the guys out there that do a really good job of giving us the news. You know, guys like I I, I use their clips a lot. Uh, I I chop them up. Uh, Tucker Carlson, one of the one of the better of the uh, left, uh, not left. Let me get that right. One of the better newsmen or journalist or opinion show host, whatever you want to call him, that are left. 
and he's not left, he's right. Now you're confused, but you know what I mean. He's 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 one of the few that are that are still out there trying to bring us news that we can use, news that we can understand. He's one of the few. Uh, there's there's a couple other guys uh, that I've run across, and they they show up on his program a lot. Jason Whitlock and um, Matt Walsh. You know, we need to have we need to have people that can help us take the blinders off. And you, know, you you have to even at that case, you have to really dig deep, make sure it's true. You know, and not that anybody. I mean, there are people out there that that are definitely trying to lead us astray, uh, get us involved in yet another war. That we isn't that just what we need just to jump right in feet first. You know, they keep showing you the atrocities that are happening in the uh, nation of Ukraine. Now, let me tell you something. It doesn't do my heart any good either to see people slaughtered. It's not pleasant. It's, it's, it's not conducive to a good dinner talk. But I'm going to tell you something. I've never been in war. I've been on the periphery. You know, I, I did serve in the uh, in the army for four years. But I didn't. I was fortunate. It was the Reagan years of peace for the most part. There were things brewing, but I never got yanked into them. But let me say this. War is ugly, no matter who perpetrates it or where it's perpetrated. I was talking to my wife yesterday about years ago. I was a, I was just a kid when Vietnam was happening. I understood enough about it because I heard the adults talk about it all the time. A lot of them were, you know... almost liberal they didn't they didn't really get it uh and they were probably right about a lot of things that uh this is not some place we should be but there we were and i can remember the uh headline or whatever on the uh it was time magazine And uh, forgive me if I, I I'm not stuttering. <laughs> I'm just I I have I have uh, I have this in my front of me because I forgot to look it up. What we did in Vietnam was not all that nice. Now the Vietnamese that we were fighting, North Vietnamese, the Viet Cong, and all those. I mean, goodness gracious, yes, they were they were horrible. Uh, in, in the fact that they 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 knew how to guerrilla fight us, and they did some pretty nasty stuff. I just remember this this picture of a young girl running from her village, along with others in her family and and those who lived through a napalm strike. Now the Vietnamese didn't do napalm strikes, as I remember. This poor girl. Um, This was, uh, I believe it says June 8th, 1972. They're running as they flee, as planes roar overhead, and uh, a South Vietnamese pilot, oh, see, it was a South Vietnamese pilot, uh, mistaking them for enemy forces, dropped his payload of napalm, and no one can outrun napalm. It's a thick jelly of petrol and uh, aluminum salts developed by Harvard chemists. Napalm clings to the human skin, causing horrific burns. Uh, this girl's name was, uh, on. It, it, it's Kim Fook, P-H-U-C. 
She's a little girl at the forefront of this picture. You look this up. Uh, it's, it's K-I-M-P-H-U-C. Just look it up. And, and it'll if you're old enough, you'll you'll remember this picture of this poor little girl completely naked running and yelling, you know, it's too hot, too hot. She rips off her burning clothes as the napalm burns and shreds her tender skin. Now, the, the beauty of that whole thing, as I went into that, is that young lady, she's probably about my age, has found a way to forgive and move on. Even though she was horrifically injured in the war, she found a way to forgive and move on. The thing of it is, though, you know, the, the folks you're seeing it, in Ukraine don't have that opportunity because they have their hands bound behind their backs and they're shot in the head, all these things, these horrible things that they're showing us. You know, uh, there's atrocities in war that won't be any other time. War is the worst possible thing that man can do to man, period. I mean, yeah, there's the serial killers that run around. But when, when you go to war, it becomes ugly and it becomes, you know, it's just not what we want to see. It's not what, that's not the first thing that you want to go jump into. It's not, it's not a, a call of duty video game. It's not a movie on TV. You know, it's not the Green Berets with John Wayne or or uh, Dunkirk. Now, that was a pretty realistic movie, uh, if you have not seen it. It's a newer war, World, World War II movie. You know, you want to see real war. You watch some of the real good documentaries from World War II, Vietnam, and Korea. And also Iraq. But you won't find much there except for what the uh or afghanistan taliban or the uh isis troops or whatever perpetrated against us i want us to remember and i don't knock i'm not knocking america i've said this before i love my country and i'm thanking god every day that this is where i was born but let me say something you hear people say the stupidest things people in the news media, and people in seats of government. It is unconscionable for a nation to uh, invade a sovereign nation. Pregnant pause. And remember what we did in 2002 or 3 when we went to Iraq. Iraq did not have any chemical or nuclear weapons or biologics. Iraq didn't have a a stronghold base of terrorists. What Iraq did have was a guy by the name of Saddam Hussein and his two crazy sons, Uday and Hussein. They ran their country like mafia dons, only Crazy ones like Nicky Scarfo. If you don't know who he is, I actually know the guy. Uh, he's probably dead by now. But he was he was uh, very, very, um, I'm losing words because I'm getting old. Anyway. Because oh, I'm not even using my notes yet. Sorry, folks. <laughs> It's hard to get old, you know, but uh, these these guys get maniacal. Everybody's out to get paranoid. There, finally came to me. Nicky Scarfo was paranoid. He killed everybody around him that he could kill. Hussein was the same way. Saddam and his crazy sons. Of course, they just wanted to rape girls and do whatever else. I mean, they were just dumb. Uh, demonically inspired cretins but the the same thing goes you know when you are a totalitarian 
you have that certain amount of, of paranoia that causes you to do unbelievable things. But why did we go to Iraq? We went there because Hussein said he was going to go after George Bush Jr.'s father, George Bush Sr., George H.W. Bush. You know, he threatened him, put a put a put a a, 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 a bounty on his head or whatever. It, it's it's a it's a nothing threat. But you ain't going to you ain't going after my daddy. You know, it's that. Texan raised over there in the East Coast with a silver spoon in both orifices. Anyway, I want to talk to you today about something completely different than that. I just brought up the war because it's a big thing. And, it, of course, there will be more talk from this platform, and you'll get sick of it hearing about it on the news until they actually drag us into it. But I want to talk about today is, Unfortunately, in this country, I'm just talking about our country here, United States. I'm sure wherever you're listening, Japan, uh, Ireland, and uh, Germany, uh, picked up a few here and there, Israel. I don't know if the Ukraine is on board. I had a couple of Russia, had a couple in Russia. So, you know, you know that there are people who will believe almost anything they hear. They're gullible. They'll fall for anything. Except for the things that are most obvious. You know, I remember, you know, as a child, it's hard to believe I couldn't remember the word paranoia a minute ago, but I can remember growing up, you know, the, 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 the artists that were huge at the time, you know, uh, and, and how they had this mystique around them and they still do to this day. And, you know, I'm talking mostly about guys like Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash wrote uh, Folsom Prison Blues. Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he was in prison. I had an uncle that was in there with him, you know. And and these, there, we didn't even have the internet back then. This is in the 60s, no internet, but yet it spread like wildfire that Johnny Cash spent all this time in prison because he did. He killed a guy in Reno, and they locked him up in Folsom. Well, first of all, Reno's in Nevada. Folsom Prison is in California. Two different states, and they that is a state prison, not a federal. It just, you know, I don't know what the, the Nevada state pen just didn't kind of go with the song. You know, Folsom's a well-known old workhouse, you know, terrible place. Built out of rock, you know. But, you know, Johnny Cash never spent, a day in prison. He did go to jail for, you know, he had some pills on him. You know, Johnny was, he's one of my favorites, by the way. I love Johnny Cash. Uh, the, he's the kind of guy I could see sitting down with and just saying, you know, how did you do it? I mean, the r- songs just roll out of you and the way you project them. You, but you can see it in the, uh, in the docs that they do on him and all that kind of thing. You know, that he, he just was a real guy. But he had a lot of he had a lot of, of uh, things that were holding him down. But he never was in prison. But people believe that. I remember sitting and listening to my parents and their friends, and, and you know, Folsom Prison Blues had come on. I hear that train a coming is rolling around the bend. Oh yeah, he was in prison. You, I, I they let him out because he was such a good singer. <laughs> good Lord. But, you know, if your confidants, your your workmates, your circle of friends, your cousins, your neighbors, your whatever, tell you something, hey, you know what I heard the other day? Johnny Cash was in prison. Or this one, Paul McCartney was replaced by his twin or something because he was actually killed in a car wreck, the original Paul McCartney. The guy who isn't Sir Paul McCartney, who is now the... Uh, commander of wings or well i guess maybe i don't know if wings is still around but anyway you know you know the deal but he was killed so they replaced him with his twin or they had a clone i don't know and that was wildfire again no internet and yet this stuff covered everything it was on the news i mean people talking about it everywhere it wasn't true elvis worked for the cia or better yet elvis didn't actually die 
in an unfortunate cocktail of over 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 medicated cocktail death in his bathroom. You know, here's the thing. Again, I like Elvis too. I like I loved his gospel stuff. Uh, and you know, you you have to say you know Hound Dog and Jailhouse Rock and you know on and on Blue Suede Shoes. He took Carl Perkins' song and made it into something. You know, he, 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 he was the guy who started rock and roll. Now, whether you, you, no matter how you feel about that, you know, that's what happened, but he, he's like cash. He always had this yearning for God, but he was in a a world that pulled him the other direction. And, uh, you know, but anyway, you know, people, Hey, Elvis isn't dead, man. He's, he's still working for the CIA. You know, he's 142, but he's still, you know, out there working for the CIA. No, I'm sorry to say the king had passed in a very uncool way. And then there's, I've got, I've got a, I've got a audio, uh, I've got an audio example. This is an awesome one too, because it actually kind of fits with where we're at today. I remember this song when it came out. Remember when you ran away and I got on my knees and begged you not to leave because I go berserk? Well, you left me anyhow and then the days got worse and worse and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. Oh, hey, did you know that they took this, they took this, this record off the shelves? They won't play it on the radio? Now, that's true that a lot of it it, it didn't quite get the radio play after a period of time because it was, you know, it was a novelty song called They're Coming to Take Me Away, Ha Ha, by Napoleon 14, I think it was. Uh, but, the, you know, people were, con- they were, they were absolutely, they said, Hey, they took they they banned it because it makes fun of crazy people or people who have mental illnesses. Now, if it happened today, I'd believe it. This is 1966, I believe, when the song came out, and it it still had traction through the 60s and into the 70s a bit. And people were going around. I remember. Oh no, 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 no. It's been banned. It you can't hear it, play it, see it. The words, the lyrics were taken out, shredded, six different ways, burned on a pile of the forty fives, so that it could never be heard again. I went out to Kmart the same week that everybody in my family was buzzing about this and bought the forty five. To this day, if you go on. Spotify, which you can find, you'll find some of my favorite podcasts there. Removing confusion, world turned upside down, and the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, I listed them in order of their popularity. You can also find they're coming to take me away. Ha ha. So, you know, having all that information, I guess we're going to go long today. Having all that information to parse out, you know, that the people will practically, I mean, they'll just go for whatever there is. You you tell them whatever, and they're, they're going to just buy it. They're, oh, yeah, you, yeah, I know Johnny Cash. Yeah, I, I heard that. Uh, no, no, no. You know, I got it on good. You know, I heard it on, I heard it on news. You know, I heard, I heard that. Yeah, he's definitely. He, he did his time, though, so it's okay. Goodness gracious, how, how, do we, how do we get to the point that we're at with some of these folks that'll believe anything? And, you know, that again, that folds in with the war that we're watching today, day after day after day after hour after hour, 24 hours a day of nothing but the worst images and videos that you can imagine. And we sit there and watch them. I haven't watched a lot of it lately. I I keep up, of course, you have to. If you want to do a a viable 
uh, newsish podcast and 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 mix in, you know, our, our my platform's always been God first, and then everything else, or show you how these things line up with what the Scripture has told us, which moves me to this next idea. You know, you can get people to believe anything if you put a, a video in front of them or an audio clip or you just tell them. You can get them to believe that, you know, all these things from cash through all of it or, you know, that Walt Disney's a 33rd degree Mason. Oh, wait a minute. I say Disney? He probably was. But if you try to tell people to this day Disney Corporation, Disney is evil and has been for quite many years. Ah, no, can't buy it. It's Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, and Pluto. Come on, dude. What are you talking about? There's nothing evil there. You just have a duck that wears no pants, a mouse that can talk in a squeaky voice, his girlfriend, Minnie, and, of course, Pluto. The faithful dog and Goofy with his top hat. Nothing evil there. Not inherently. Maybe not in the beginning. But the platform changes as time goes on. And as you and again, people are, get conditioned. I don't like the word programmed. I don't like the word brainwashed. Because uh, that 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 kind of you know it does happen. The CIA and all the other black bag groups of the government have found ways to you know infiltrate people's minds, make them believe whatever they want them to believe, and as we become more gullible, it's easier. But when you try to tell them. Disney, the Disneyland world, etc. Their no, their agenda has always been wholesome as white bread. Oh, white bread! Why did it have to be white bread? It's a, it's a saying, folks. It doesn't mean anything. I'm not being racial. I say that tongue-in-cheek. I say that with humor, so don't get mad at me. But it's a truth. It's it's the wholesomeness that has been projected for 80 or 90 years, whatever, since Disney started drawing mice and then flipping through the book to make a move. I'm not saying Walt was evil or that he had an evil intent, but his dynasty, his legacy has been tweaked and twirled into something completely different than I really believe that it was meant to be. And I'm not the only, of course, I'm just one little guy doing a podcast that doesn't really get a ton of action, but we're working on that, and that's up to you folks out there to do it. I'm gonna, you, you, Like I say, you, you tell people that, and, and they don't want to believe it, they don't want to believe it. They flock to Disneyland, Disney World, here in the United States. They also have them in Paris, Shanghai, and on and on. They flock to them. This time of year, they'll be flooded with people. I use the word flocked. Flocking to them like sheep. Because if you tell them what's really behind the Disney agenda, well... I'm not part of that. We're going to prove it to you here in a minute. But people will flock to the parks. They'll buy the DVDs. And they'll renew their Disney Plus subscription on the TV. Because it's wholesome programming. It's good for the kids. You know, Disney shows are like babysitters for these distraught moms. I mean, it's hard raising kids. So you just pop in Frozen or or Mickey or whatever and let it go. Or Mulan. Or the, what is it, Princess 
princess movies are always big. Princess movies. So he put those in and walk away. The kids are entranced. And I want you to focus on the word tranced. To the point where I've heard people say, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, little Bobby and Johnny and Jimmy and Junie and Janie and Jeannie have watched Frozen so many times they just sit there and they can act it out and they can sing the songs or whatever. But Frozen was a big one. It still is, I think. So if that's what you're using for a babysitter, as I play you a few things here in a moment... Or if you are a grandmother, or even an aunt, or an uncle, but mothers, grandmothers, if you're doing this just so that you can have some peace in the house, I want you to think about who's behind the programming, and I will use that word there, that is happening at Disney. And you may have heard some of this stuff already, but you're going to hear it again. These are the voices here in a moment of the people themselves. And this wasn't this wasn't really as gradual as it seems that this flipping happened. But they they teach kids in a lot of their movies to ignore your parents, do your own thing. Or they just kill the parent off, like in Bambi, and the kid's on their own, and they find a friend that helps them along. Everybody's your friend, though. And it opens kids up to the old dangers of this world when they they think, well, you know, Bambi had Thumper and this one and that one, and, and Mowgli, you know, he had the bear and... And then the snake, you know, kind of tried to kill him. It goes on and on. But see, everybody was their friend until they weren't. But they're cartoons. They get they live through their dangers. You, your kids may not. Remember Stranger Danger? You know, the guy that says, hey, you want to take a ride? Or the kid that put his thumb out for a ride and got one with the wrong guy and ended up in white slavery or sex trade in Ukraine or something. Real life is a lot different than Disney. Real life leads to things like sex trafficking, white slavery, and death. Let's just give a listen here. Quit listening to me as I let you know what Disney's top execs have to say. Disney's content. I grew up watching, you know, all of the classics. They have been a huge, like, informative <laughs> part of my life. But at the same time, like, I worked at small studios most of my career, and I'd heard, you know, you hear whispers. Like, I, I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little, like, sus when I started. And, but then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard on my little pocket of like, you know, proud family, Disney TVA. Um, the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my, like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean, like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must've happened in the last, like, like they're turning it around. They're going hard. Did you hear her say, and this is like the CEO or whatever. Yeah, I think it was a CEO. It's what I wrote here. My not-so-secret gay agenda. She she took the job at, at Disney thinking that they were down against wouldn't allow that kind of programming. Not going to let the queerness enter in to their cartoons and live-action movies. That there, there wouldn't be any of that. But she got in and found out, wow, they're a lot more gay than I thought. They're a lot more gay than I was told. Because, hey, maybe she was gullible. 
Maybe she never watched any Disney with her eyes opened before she took the job. But once she got in, she's like, man, they've taken a hard left. (laughs) I'll say that. And they've gone towards more gay stuff. These are mainly things arrow shot straight towards your kids and grandkids, folks. Clip two. I I put a little space in here between these. uh, Is This guy is their diversity and inclusion manager. Names mean nothing. I'm not not even giving their names, but that's his title. Last summer, we we removed all of the um, gendered, greetings in relationship to our life skills so we no longer say ladies and gentlemen boys and girls um we we've trained we we've provided training for all of our our cast members in, in relationship to that so now they know it's it's hello everyone or hello friends we we are in the process of changing over those those recorded messages and so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the magic kingdom we no longer say ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we say dreamers of all ages and so i love the fact that it's opened up the creativity the opportunity for our cast members to look at that we we have our cast members working with merchandise working with food and beverage working with with all of our guest facing areas where perhaps you know we we want to create that magical moment with our cast members with our guests and we don't want to just assume because someone might be um, in, in our interpretation, maybe presenting as female, that they may not want to be called princess. So let's think differently about how do we really engage with our guests in a meaningful and inclusive way that makes it magical and memorable for everyone. Goodness gracious. I said guy, that was a lady actually, I believe. Diversity and inclusion diversity and inclusion manager we we don't say welcome ladies and gentlemen boys and girls because now there's a hundred genders out there and we don't know what you may be and we don't want to leave anybody out are you kidding me have they lost Every fiber of anything intelligent. Now, these aren't, you can listen. She doesn't sound stupid. Uses good words. The The thing I, that kills me about this whole deal is it's like a Zoom call. You know, you'd think that the guys who run productions of, and they're high caliber productions, no matter what I think of them. They're, you know, the Disney shows, movies, and whatnot. They're high level. But when they when they have a meeting, it's like you hear them. It's like they're talking through a rain barrel. But this wasn't supposed to leak out either. Clip three. Clip three, Otis. Get it up there, will you, buddy? Okay. He's working diligently. This is... Uh, the production coordinator, if I have my notes correct, of Disney's everything. Production coordinator. Yeah, um, I've had the privilege of working with the Moon Girl team for the last two years, and they've been really open to exploring queer stories. And part of, I'm on the production side, uh, part of uh, the work that I feel like I can put in is um making sure that we take place in modern day New York. So making sure that that's like an accurate reflection of New York. So I put together like a tracker of our background characters to make sure that we have like the full breadth of expression. And uh, we got into a very similar conversation, Carrie, of like, oh, all of our like gender nonconforming characters are in the background. And so it's not just a numbers game um, of how many LGBTQ plus characters you have we got the further, uh, the, the more centered a story is on a character, the more nuanced you get to get into their story. And especially with like trans characters, you can't see if someone is trans. There's not one way to look trans. And so kind of the only way to have these like canonical trans characters, canonical asexual characters, canonical bisexual characters is to give them stories where they can like be their whole selves. Canonical. Really? Uh, odd. The, the, queer stories. 
That's what he said. We need more queer stories. And our transgender and other blah, blah, blah cartoon characters are in the background. So nobody knows. Now, usually these are talking dogs, cats, mice, um, aliens maybe from another planet. Okay, so what really are we... You know, how how do we portray them as uh, LGBTQ plus How do we get there is what he's doing. We need to push them to the front. We need to give our queer characters a new lease on life. Goodness gracious. Clip four, Otis, if you would get that up for us, please. This is the corporate president. Her name's Carrie Burke. You will notice if you were listening close, and I encourage you to go back and listen to some of this again. The guy that was just talking actually used her name. And Carrie, he said, our queer stories need more oomph. But here we have Carrie Burke, who is the president, corporate president for Disney. She's a real peach. Otis? I'm, I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child. Um, and, and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. And um, I feel a responsibility to speak um, not just for myself, but for them, uh, to all of us. We, we had a we had an open forum last week at 20th where. Um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I and I and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. Are you kidding me? Of course, you'd only had a handful of queer leads. You shouldn't have had any. Now, I can go with asexual, meaning, you know, we don't really want to project all kinds of sexual uh, stuff into a cartoon geared towards children. We need to get a little bit more queer, she says. We only have a handful, so we need more. I'm telling you. She also says in, in other articles and such what that she wants 50% of the Disney characters to be queer or minority by the end of 2022. Why the push? Why the hurry? This thing is getting out of control. I'm going to tell you something. It has the the, the statistics on LGBT LG is it lesbian, gay, yeah, LGBT, and then whatever letters they want to add after that, QA19, is only still standing at around 3% of the American population. 3%. This woman says she has two queer children. So she really rolled the dice, didn't she? She she's like, man, I hit the lottery. I, I don't I yo, I didn't just have one queer kid. I've got two kids and they're both queer. It's like she's excited about it. She's you know, look at me. I'm so modern. I'm so progressive. I'm in it, man. How did that happen? And let's examine one of those. Cause I didn't know what it meant. Pan sexual that simply means in a, in a nutshell 
not limited to their choice of sexual identity or whom or what they want to engage with. So a pansexual is anybody. You can be whatever you want, whenever you want, with whomever you want. You're a pansexual. It's like Pan Am, you know, we don't just go here, we go everywhere. Listen to me. Kids, you know, you've raised kids. I've I raised a, a stepdaughter. They don't come up with this stuff on their own. They don't wake up little eight-year-old Bobby, Johnny, Janie, Judy. Do not wake up one day and say, I'm queer at eight years old or six or ten. Now, as they get into their teenage years and things are happening and hormones go crazy and all that kind of stuff, it's still kind of iffy for me. But as a young young kids, they, they look at each other like, like, you know, there's no difference. I mean, they know there's a difference between a boy and a girl, and, you know, the boys kind of shy away from girls because they start to get that thing. But, you know, you play together. You have fun together. You play ball together or whatever. That's what we used to do in, in grade school. We had girls and we were, everybody was together. We went out there and played softball. And, you know, we didn't think about each other in these terms. And nobody said, well, I'm queer. <laughs> Trust me. In those days, nobody did. But, you know, now it's like everybody. So this, this woman has two queer kids. I don't believe it. She indoctrinated her own children to become homosexual. That's what I believe. Or she allowed the, you know, teachers union to do it. All this Disney stuff is coming out in the open because of what happened in Florida. And uh, forgive me, I didn't, I didn't pull the uh, actual bill that they, they put out, but I am going to I, I hold me to it that, so we can read it over ourselves here at Removing Confusion. And and if you watch the news on TV, you've probably heard some of it already, that the governor of Florida signed a bill that said uh, there will be no indoctrination, basically, of children from K through 3 about sexual orientations. Shouldn't be a talk to kids that young about sex Period. We used to call them perverts. We used to, they used to get locked up for trying to, if you, Hey man, come here. I want to talk to you about sex to a five-year-old. It's ridiculous, but now it's mainstream. There's a teacher and I, I, I was going to play. I'm not going, I, I didn't get it. And I, I'm glad I didn't a kindergarten queer teacher. Who's upset about the bill because now he can't come in and these kids, when they ask him what he did over the weekend, he can't say, well, me and my partner went uh, paddle boarding. Why not? There's nothing in the bill that says you can't talk about what you did over the weekend and whom you did it with. You just can't go into graphic detail. And secondly, and this is, this is a thorn in my side. This carries over into the church of today as well. I don't think the teacher needs to be talking to the kids about his weekend. Not to that deep of a level, especially at kindergarten. Kids, you know, they, they, again, they look at each other like, you know, there's no difference between one and the other. And they look at the teacher like, well, he's a man. I understand that. And she's a woman. But now you can't because they might not be. But here's the deal. You're there to teach. You're not there to indoctrinate. You're there to teach. You went to college to get a teaching degree. I had a lot of teachers in my in my family. My grandmother was a teacher. She taught school. She didn't go in there and say what her and my granddad did over the weekend. You know, you know, if unless it was as an example for something. An analogy. 
But we're talking kindergarten kids. This guy's worried he can't talk about him and his partner. Don't then. Teach them to read. Teach them letters. That's what kindergarten should be. It's, it's, again, it's kind of like daycare, uh, uh, step one up. But you teach them how to write letters, how, how to what the numbers are. That's what that's to get them a little boost before they hit first grade. And you first grade teachers, that's what you do. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Remember those? They've been in history. Well, I like history. A little bit more of that. But reading, writing, arithmetic were big in the first couple, three grades. That's what you needed to learn. And then, you know, it gets a little bit more as you go along. But you don't need anywhere in that segment of the society to be teaching our kids about your sexual proclivities. No. Not at all. But Disney is all upset, so they're they're giving Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, a bunch of flack, and you know they want the bill repealed, and then you know they want to be queer, and as we just we've just seen. Now I'm going to tell you something. He's a tough. He seems to be pretty tough. I mean, you know, for for the governor, uh, stands up, says up, nope, it's done. Forget it. Get out of my face. But he's up against a lion that. Uh, owns almost everything and when you say that people are like what are you talking about uh i've got for me here a whole bunch of stuff I'm trying to get in the right order okay disney and then we'll pull the plug for today disney owns a, a ton of corporations or companies i'm sorry I've got a paper here that I, I've I found on you know different websites, most of them pertaining to Disney. Uh, Disney owns stocks and stakes. I should put it that way. Stake in these following things: uh, ABC, you know, like the channel, ABC Entertainment Group. ABC Entertainment, ABC Television Studios, ABC Digital. So everything's got a digital side to it these days. You can go on and do the down, the streaming and you can pay the the thing. Times Square Studios. Here here you go. Here's some of the stations that they actually own as well as the mother corporation WLS Chicago, KFSN San Francisco Channel 30. KTRK, Houston, KABC, Los Angeles, WABC, New York City, uh, WPVI, Philly, WTVD, Raleigh, Durham. I used to watch that when I lived in uh, down in Fort Bragg. KGO, another another KGO seven, San Francisco. They own the Live Well Network. ABC National Television Sales, ABC Regional Sports and Entertainment Sales. National, they own the National Geographic Networks, Nat Geo TV, Nat Geo Wild, Nat Geo Mundo, which would be the Spanish version. So right there, that's just the, the first block. I'm going to read all of them. I, I'm going to your your mind will melt as we go through. Again, something you might be able to. You know, go back and listen to again. I'm, I'm, this is straight from the, their website. The History Channel, they own 50% equity holding with Hearst Corporations. Lifetime, again, 50% with Hearst. They're owned by the same folks. Pixar, Hollywood Records, Vice Media, 10%. Core Publications are publishing. Fox Network Group. Fox, Fox Crime, Fox Comedy, Fox Life, Fox Movies, Fox Sports International, FX, Baby TV, 24 Kitchen, National Geographic Global Networks, 73% Star World. Now, I don't know that they actually own the Fox News, but as uh, my friend Mike has called it for years, faux news is in fake and then I heard him vindicated by that because Steve Quayle said the same thing just last week. 
There's only a couple of guys on Fox News that I pay attention to. I've told you already, Tucker Carlson. I kind of I can I can handle Laura Ingram, Jesse Waters, and Gutfeld. The rest of them, I think they're sold out, or they're going to be. Okay, let's move along, shall we? Uh oh, something happened here. Otis, you cut some of this off, buddy. Very important sheet of paper, too. Um, anyway, I got I've I've got this part. Oh no, here it is. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Got it. My my producer, executive producer. He was just over here talking to me about it in my ear. Um, all right, that that that's just a smattering of things that Disney has their fingers in. We're going to read another little bit here, and before I go to the who owns them. Uh, these are the franchises owned by Disney. These big ones, too. Star Wars, The Muppets, Marvel Cinematic Universe, The Simpsons, Family Guy, Disney Princesses and Princes, Chronicles of Narnia, which was you know C.S. Lewis's books, The Pirates of Caribbean franchise, Pixar films such as Toy Story, The Incredibles, and Cars, Planes, on and on. Winnie the Pooh, of course. Indiana Jones. They bought up Indiana Jones. Now here's a here's one that didn't shock me really, but Gray's Anatomy, uh, a medical show. Now I like medical shows. Me and the wife both do. We kind of watch medical shows like Chicago Med and a few other ones. Uh, <laughs> Dick Wolf does it. He's about as left as you can get. But, you know, I just like the storyline to break up the day of war and queerness. Grey's Anatomy was, I watched it once. I thought, well, you know, it's a medical show. See if it's any good. Me and the wife can check it out. The first one I watched is two women kissing each other. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Now, here's the thing. Several months back, me and Mike... Lions did a podcast together. I don't remember the title or I don't know if it was on mine or his platform. If it's on his, it'll be easy to find. <laughs> he hasn't done any for a while. Mike, wake up, buddy. Uh, anyway, I'm kidding. We talked about a couple of big time investment groups that seem to have their fingers in everything. And they have their fingers in Disney as well. See, Disney, even as big as they are, still have to have these f- big groups behind them to funnel money here and there and, and to make money for them. But that then in hand, those investment groups end up selling parts of their thing. You know how it works. The Vanguard Group. They, they own practically everything. Uh, there's like 15 of these big shot groups out there, Vanguard and BlackRock fund advisors, both those are two separate companies along with like 13 others own the world period. Who else has got their fingers down into the old Disney pie state farm investment management, fidelity management research, T Rowe price, Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, you get the idea, don't you? The big boys all play together. The big boys all play together, and they all function in this thing together, and they have this agenda that they're shoving down your throat and trying to infect your children with. I tell you this right now. I have nothing for Disney. I won't. I'm not going to willfully watch what they produce. I mean, it's obvious it's kind of hard to get away from all of it unless you completely unplug TV and walk away. And it's not a horrible idea. Uh, My TV is not going to drag me screaming into hell, though. I really don't believe that. I believe that the the blood of Christ covers all things. And uh, we can be woefully overexposed to stuff and we can be woefully underexposed to things as well. Some people say, well, I don't want to know any of that stuff. Just keep it away from me. Well, that's fine. You can do that. 
And I, I appreciate that. Also, though, you have to understand, we live in this world. And Jesus told us, you know, to be in it, not of it. And that's where we have to kind of land. I have some more stuff that I'll bring later on this where it wraps up a nice little bow and becomes part of the China Syndrome. Until then, this is April the 6th, 2022. And it only gets better as we go along, folks. Again, what what's the push? She wants all that stuff done. The CEO or the president of Disney wants it done by the end of the year. More inclusion, more queers, more minorities. There's, there's a definite agenda there. And then there's the China attachments. Until next time, Tom Richardson, removing confusion. Have a great day.